0: Next on Simple Truths, Pastor Xavier Reese and a Renewed Perspective. The prophet Ezekiel saw a vision of the
1: glory of God, who He is. This is what the church has missed today and has lost. We're so chic in our own uh, sufficiency, our own modernness, our own technology. His glory, not yours, not mine, not the pastor, not the church. The glory of God, the fear of God.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It seems today Christians want the goodness of God without wanting to live a good life. And today, as he continues his look at the life of the prophet Ezekiel, Pastor Xavier also looks at the full impact of his message. Let's join Pastor Xavier in Chapter 1 for today's study, A Vision of the Glory of God.
1: There's probably no other portion of Scripture that has been misinterpreted more than the first chapter of Ezekiel. And yet, Ezekiel gives us the interpretation so that no one is left to their own opinion or speculation. For he records for us that he saw a vision of God, the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord Yahweh. Look at verse 1 at the end. I saw visions of God. Now, I know you're not supposed to read the last before the beginning of a book or a chapter, but look at the end, verse 28. It says, This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. He interprets for us what he saw. The prophet in verse 5 as he was watching, he saw from within this fiery cloud come forth the likeness of four creatures. Uh, the word likeness means similitude, and it's repeated ten times in the chapter. Because the prophets attempt to describe heavenly things with earthly language that's contemporary of his time, and he's doing the best he can. Now, I give Ezekiel A+. Let me give you an example, okay? How many of you guys grew up in the 60s? if you can not too many alright we're still around okay (laughs) here you are you're in the 60's okay you're in the 60's and God takes you by his spirit into the year 2006 and you see an iPod describe it to me (laughs) interesting verse 5 the prophet identifies the likeness of each creature as that of a man once again similitude a similitude In verse 6 through 9, the prophet next describes these four living creatures. Verse 6, he first says that each one has four faces and four wings. Secondly, in verse 7, he says that their legs are straight, the soles of their feet like the soles of calf. Weird. Sparkling like color of burnished bronze. Thirdly, in verse 8, he says the hands of a man were under their wings on the four sides and reaffirming that each of the four had faces and wings more than one face. Fourthly, he gives their mode of flight. Their wings touch one another, and the creatures did not turn when they went. But each one went straight forward. What does this mean? In other words, they didn't make circular turns, round turns. They made, listen, 90 degrees. Verse 10, the prophet then describes that each had four different faces, that of a lion, of an ox, a man, and an eagle. The four symbolize strength, service, intelligence, and heavenliness. Now, Matthew presents Jesus as the lion, the king of the Jews. By the way, it's on the right side. Where is Jesus sitting? On the right hand of the Father, king. Interesting. Mark presents Jesus as the ox, the servant of man. He's on the left. Luke presents Jesus as the son of man. Man. And his face is where? Forward. Because men can only Go forward, looking forward, right? They're limited. But then what? John represents Jesus as the eagle, the son of God. Where's the face of the eagle? The back. Why? Because God doesn't need to look forward to know the future. <laughs> How interesting. Now, 11 through 14, the prophet then describes the four creatures by their posture and activity. First, he gives the posture in verse 11. He says, thus were their faces, four. Four. In the description. Then he says, their wings stretch upward. So straight up, then that little angle, two wings of each touch one another. Kind of the picture of the Ark of the Covenant crossing. And he says, two wings cover their body. This is a sight of respect, reverence. They're before a holy God. Verse 12, Ezekiel secondly gives their activity and repeats their mode of flight. They were able to go perpendicular direction. Each one of them went straight forward, and they did not turn as they went. So there, handy little do 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 all over. And then it says they were directed by the Spirit. This is important. They went wherever the Spirit wanted them to go. Ruach, the word for Spirit, possibly the Holy Spirit. Then Ezekiel, in verse 13, describes their activity as being Holy. The likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire. We've seen stuff like this in Isaiah, the book of Revelation. The fire was bright, and out of the fire went lightning. Remember Mount Sinai? When Moses was there, the children of Israel, God was judging them. Lightning, fire, giving them the law. The entire scene reminds one of Isaiah's vision in Isaiah 6. He saw seraphims with six wings. Two they flew, two they covered their faces, two their, their feet. The throne of God. Revelation chapter four and five, we see the cherubim there also. Notice 14. Ezekiel fourthly depicts them by their speedy service. The living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like flash of lightning. They are called cherubim by Ezekiel in chapter 10, verse 2, 14 and 15 and 20. But listen, that's 14 months later. Right here, he didn't know what they were. Paul the Apostle said this to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians uh, 12, 2 through 4. I know a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. What I do know God knows such a one that caught up to heaven, the third heaven, her apostle. And I know such a man, whether in the body or of the body, I do not know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise. And he heard inexpressible words which... It is not lawful for a man to utter. Paul was caught up to heaven, and what he saw, he says, there's no words to describe, and there's no right to describe them. I think Ezekiel did a great job <laughs> considering what Paul says the commentary. They're seeing cherubs. That's what they're seeing. They're ministering spirits to the of salvation. God's angels, Hebrews 1, 7, and 14, you know. Cherubim, guard... Uh, the throne of God, but they also guarded the garden, the tree of life. Remember Genesis 3, 24? God's holiness, God's righteousness, the way of life. They stand alongside the throne of God to protect God and his sovereignty. Not that God needs protection, but because they're servants of God. This is their place that we see all the time in Scripture. The two of them on the Ark of the Covenant, on the mercy seat, they covered their their wings crossed. 1 Kings 8, 7, Ezekiel 1, 6, 10, 21. We see them. The observation of the vision was indescribable. But he did his best. I think he did a good job. Now notice, you have the culmination of the vision in verse 15 through 28. This is where God has taken Ezekiel. This is what has to take place in your life and mine. You must have your eyes on the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Notice verse 15 to 25, the vision of the living creatures and the wheels are now described. Verse 15, the relationship of the cherubim and the wheels is first noted. The transition is marked by the phrase, now as I look at the living creatures. Then Ezekiel focuses, notice, on something new and expresses it emphatically. Behold, a wheel was on the earth besides each living creature with its four faces reaching down from heaven to the earth. Make sure you understand, this is heaven touching earth, okay? Not the reverse. 16 to 17, then Ezekiel describes these wheels. Verse 16, the appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of beryl, yellowish jasper. All four had the same likeness. Now, verse 16, the appearance of their workings was as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel, like crosswise, like a gyroscope. These wheels... As they moved, went towards any one of four directions, and they did not turn aside when they went like the cherubim at right angle in verse 17, and the ones before. So right angle turns, no rounds, right angle. The angels, and now these contraptions are put in correlation. Now look at verse 18 and 19. The sight was impressive. They were full of eyes. The wheels had rims as convex surfaces being so incredibly high that Ezekiel said they were awesome in reference to the fearful, majestic impression they made on him. You ever been to Grand Canyon? Whoa. It's just overwhelming. These rims, notice verse 18, were full of ice all around in the four of them, representing intelligence, nothing escapes them. Another interesting scripture. The only one we have regarding the Ark of the Covenant. Listen what it calls it. 1 Chronicles 28, 18. You're going to blow your mind. And refining gold by weight for the altar of incense and for the construction of the chariot. I'm talking about the Ark. Listen. This is the golden cherubim that spread their wings and overshadowed the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord Yahweh. They're called chariot. Cherubim. On their chariots. Wow. And then notice in verse 19 Ezekiel noted that whenever the living creatures went the wheels went beside them and when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth the wheels were also lifted up being in perfect unity and submission why because verse 20 and 21 tells us that they were directed by the spirit they are not independent of God listen to 20 whenever the spirit wanted to go they went Because there the Spirit went. Ruach. And the wheels were lifted together with them. For the Spirit, Ruach, of the living creatures was in the wheels. And then verse 21 says they were obedient to the Spirit of God. When those went, they went. When they stood, they stood. And when those were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up together with them. Why? For the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheel. Ezekiel would have to be like these cherubs, not independent of God and totally obedient in everything he told them. And so you and I. The vision of the living creatures was a mere reflection of the glory of God. We get this in verse 22 to 25. Don't get caught up on the angels. It's pointing to something greater. Look at verse 22. The glory over the head of the living creatures was impressive. More impressive. The cherubims, in verse 22, were subject to the higher authority. The likeness of the firmament above the heads of the living creatures is described to be like the color of an awesome crystal. They are waiting to carry out the authority of God stretched out over their heads. The firmament means extended surface, expanse or thinned out space like a dome. In verse 23, the cherubim see themselves here as the guardians at the throne of God. The posture of the wings of the cherubim under the firmament was that they spread out straight one towards another, kind of like the Ark of the Covenant, straight out, two of them. Each one, in verse 23 says, had two wings which covered one side and each one had two wings which covered the side of the body, the other side. So stretched out, and they two they covered. Interesting creatures. Solomon had these huge in the temple, if you remember. They seemed to be guarding the throne of God as on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. Remember, the Ark of the Covenant is only patterns of things in heaven, Right? The whole tabernacle was patterns of things in heaven. Make sure you do it according to pattern because it's patterns of things in heaven. Now look at 24 and 25. The cherubim are the servants of God, an obedient army to his voice. The Lord of hosts is the captain of the armies of heaven. Remember that? We've, le- we've learned that, right? Who's his army? The angels. Verse 24, they were a powerful and overwhelming force. When they went, I heard the noise of their wings like the noise of many waters. You ever hear about a thousand horses run? About a thousand tanks rolling? They were compared to the power of God like the voice of the Almighty. They were one in unity by their formation. Listen, a tumult like the noise of an army. And when they stood still, they let down their wings. Attention. In 25... They stand ready to obey every command of God. A voice came from above the firmament that was over their head. Whenever they stood, they let down their wings. There's another interesting scripture. 2 Kings 2.11. It's regarding Elijah who was taken up by God in the whirlwind. Listen. Then it happened as they continued on and talked. That suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by the world, went into heaven. Cherubims on their chariots took Elijah to heaven. You see the connection completely? Do you see what I mean the Bible interprets the Bible? You must search the scriptures, roll up your sleeves, and dig for it like you're digging for gold or for jewels. You ever see somebody gold digging for gold One, eh, I'm not here. No, they get the pig, they get dynamite, they're going for it. You dig God's word that way? Look at 26 to 28 now. The vision focuses and emphasizes now the glory of God who sits on his throne. The throne of God and authority is above all the angels. Don't miss that. And above the firmament over their heads was the likeness of a throne. They're not on the throne. They're beneath the throne. The throne of God radiates with the bluish clear glory in appearance like the sapphire stone. Beautiful, majestic. The throne of God in verse 26 was occupied. Notice, not empty. On the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. Supreme. This is no one but Jesus Christ, the same one Isaiah saw. In Isaiah 6, because John gives us the interpretation in John 12 41. John says, Isaiah saw Jesus. So I have to believe that Ezekiel saw Jesus too. This is in the shape of a man. <laughs> this then now, it went from a theophany to a Christophany now. Okay? This is Christ. Look at 27. The holiness of God is superior to that of the angelic cherubim in the source of their own glory. Also from the appearance of his waist, it says, and upward I saw as it were the color of amber and the appearance of fire all around with it. And from the appearance of it his waist downward I saw as it were the appearance of fire with the brightness all around. John saw the glorified Christ in Revelation 1 comparable to Ezekiel here. Wow. Now, look at 28. The prophet Ezekiel interprets the vision. We're not left to our own opinion. The covenant promise to Noah was present. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This is not superfluous speaking. Every word, plenty of verbal inspiration, all around it interesting detail I have been told by pilots that when you're up in a plane on a rainy day and a rainbow comes from a plane you see a full circle from the earth we only see half of the rainbow interesting every time it's described from the heavenly perspective revelation in here it's a full circle how interesting detail that it's the word of God now notice the whole of the vision is communicating. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord Yahweh. This is it. This is what he saw. The glory of the Lord, not the person of God, but the glory of the Lord in some similitude, because no man can see God and live. The word glory, kebab, has the idea of weighty, something very heavy due to the overwhelming power of its presence. We might call it a a sense of oppressment because of his holiness. But not in a bad sense, but just an awesomeness of it. Um, In the temple, when Solomon dedicated the temple, it says everybody ran out because it filled the glory of the Lord. It was just so overwhelming. This is what the church has missed today and has has lost. The glory of God, the fear of God. We're so chic in our own uh, sufficiency, our own modernness, our own technology. The word appears 24 times, glory. His glory, not yours, not mine, not the pastor, not the church. The appearance response is very appropriate. For all the servants of God in view of the glory, it's to be understood as twofold. Look it. The posture of the humility is the first, a reverence for the holiness of God. So when I saw it, I fell on my face. Do you fall on your face before God? The awesomeness of God, who he is. The persuasion that God is holy and righteous. And that not only has a right to judge, but he must judge for he is holy. And the second is the posture of service. And I heard a voice of one speaking. You get it? When you see the glory of God, you listen. You don't speak. You listen. John the Beloved in Revelation twenty two eight nine, the last chapter. He says, I saw and I heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And then he said to me, see that you do not do that. For I am your fellow servant and your brother, the prophets, and of those who keep the word of his book. Worship God. Angels are impressive until you see the Shekinah glory of God. We see it in the person of Jesus Christ. Angels are servants of God and servants of man. Hebrews 1.14, I've given it to you already in verse 7. also. The believers to know that no one should ever rob glory from God. And that it's essential that you and I understand and comprehend the glory so that we may be faithful servants in fear. How do people rob glory from God? By promoting themselves, their methods, how to grow the church. Today, we are in that age. Marketing, methodologies. By bringing constant attention to yourself, but also by losing perspective and forgetting that all that a person has is accomplished due to God. He enables us. Listen to uh, Isaiah forty-eight eleven. For my own sake and my own sake, I will do it. For how should my name um, be profane. And I will not give my glory to another, Isaiah 48, 11. First Corinthians 4, 7, Paul says, For who makes you to differ from another, and what do you have that you have not received? Now, if you have indeed received it, why in the world are you boasting as if you didn't receive it? The Bible is very clear on what we are to glory in and how we are to glory. Listen, listen very carefully. I'll give you some scriptures. Psalm 92, 2. Give unto the Lord Yahweh the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord Yahweh in the beauty of holiness. Psalm 62, 7. In God is my salvation and my glory. Psalm 96, 3. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. Jeremiah nine twenty-four. I love this verse. But let him who glories... Glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord Yahweh, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for I in these I delight, says the Lord Yahweh. Paul in 1 Corinthians 131 says, as it is written, He who glories, let him glory in the Lord Yahweh. The culmination of the vision was incomparable. When you compare The culmination to the angels, the angels can't even stand before him. (laughs) Do you think you can without Christ? Ezekiel saw a vision of the glory of God, not UFOs. The documentation of the vision made it reliable and continues to make it reliable. The observation of the vision was indescribable, but he did a great job. And the culmination of the vision was incomparable. Not like him. Man, what a star for Ezekiel. Don't touch his glory. Get completely away from his glory and then do the opposite for his holiness. Wrap your arms around it. It'll keep you safe.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese with a reminder to refocus on a proper perspective of God. And today's message, A Vision of the Glory of God, is available on CD for just $4. And this will also include what was shared the last time we were together. So once again, the title to ask for is A Vision of the Glory of God, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please help us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This helps us keep track of the impact of this outreach in your area. What should be the proper perspective of a servant of God? That's our discussion on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese.